Starbucks Church Leadership Podcast, a conversation with church leaders for church leaders. I'm your host, John McGee, and today we're talking about empathy with Watermark's Hire number three. Stay tuned. Mandy Bagnanoff, welcome. Thank, Thank you. Thanks Thank for being here. Yeah, it's great to be here, John. You have been a long time friend. Uh, your current role here, just in case I forget, uh, on staff is the director of women for our reengage ministry. Yes, so correct. You're serving now uh, there. But uh, fun facts: this is actually your fourth time <laughs> yes. to be yes. uh, on staff at Watermark. Yes. So a good lesson to always leave well, so you can come back. That's right. Uh, even funner fact: you were hired. Best we can tell, number three. Do you think it's somewhere around there? Somewhere, yeah, so you're somewhere. like in the two, three, or four right, uh, right, right, right. of hires at Watermark. Right. And so you were on staff, finished seminary, back on, uh, off staff, then on staff, then off staff. You met a guy. Met a guy, Leonard Bagdanoff. Got married. Got married. And then we're like, you were a nomad. You became a, you became a nomad. We did. You're my only nomadic friend we that did. I have. We did. We quit our jobs, sold our house, bought a truck and an RV. And um, did the West Coast national parks and um, state capitals. Just had a blast with our kids. Yeah. So. How long was that? Remind me. We were there about, we were traveling about eight months. Eight months. Yep. And then she just kind of said, hey, enough's yeah. enough. And we, <laughs> we did. We want a we roof. Did. We, we wanted a roof. The kids wanted their friends back and everything else. So yes. We came back to Dallas. I mean, I just, lo- I love this story. And I, I, when, you know, knowing you guys and watching you get ready for that and even contemplating it, I, I just thought uh, when you, when you, you know, Pulled the, pulled the plug, you sold the house and, you know, bought, bought the stuff. I just thought, well, good for you. You yeah. know, like when you're, yeah. uh, whatever that thing in us is that, um, we know we probably should do, we'll regret mm-hmm. that we mm-hmm. didn't do. I remember, I think I remember telling you and your husband, like, you know, uh, I'm really excited for it. Even if you come back right. and go, this was not for us, right. you won't regret right. going, you know, when you're 90, you're not going to wish you had done this. You'll have done it, if it yep. and you'll can cross it off the list if yep. that's not what God has for you. So I just thought it was really courageous, really fun. You've got some great stories. We'll get you on another time. But uh, <laughs> uh, but you are now back on staff. Um, you are the director of, um, of Reengage uh, on the women's side, uh, partnering with Ryan Nixon. And um, and we're talking about empathy mm-hmm. uh, today. And so, which is really something uh, I did a talk with my team um, several months ago as something I've been thinking about, something I need to grow in. And then you gave a talk to the staff. And I thought, man, Mandy's thoughts are w- so much more well-rounded uh, than mine. It'd be really really helpful for leaders uh, to hear. So I'm excited to talk about the topic. I think it's timely. I think people are really, really hurting uh, in the world. People are always hurting, but uh, there's something about, you know, uh, right now, this moment Mm -hmm. um, that there's a lot of pain in the world. And so the way we show up for people probably needs to be a little bit more refined, a little more nuanced, a little more thoughtful. Uh, And so we're talking about empathy. So uh, let's start with, Manny, what empathy is. Could you explain it? Yep. You bet. So the definition that I like to use is the opportunity, the opportunity to understand another person's um, experience within the framework of their own lives. So you're you're putting yourself as best you can in another person's shoes and sharing how that feels. Mm. So you are feeling what that person feels. Yes. I think I think that is a phrase. People want to be felt Mm -hmm. more than they want to be heard. And that's kind of what Empathy looks like empathy is well. You you feel me. Right. You know, if you were gonna if you're gonna say that, uh, right. it's kind of a, a street slang now. But that uh, really is. So, what's the difference then between empathy and sympathy? If you had to think about that, yeah. Great, great question. So, sympathy to me is more about me. It's me hearing the story of you and going, "Oh, I'm sorry about that. Sorry that's happening to you." But empathy is actually 
again, feeling how they feel. You're stepping into the framework of their own lives, their personal lives, and experiencing those feelings with them and yeah. sharing those feelings with them. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like uh, that's this is how it hits me, and I want mm-hmm. you to know uh, that. So right. it, it, in, in some ways, it's actually about me and not about you. Right. If I express absolutely, And empathy isn't about how this hits me. This is what do you feel? Right. And I feel right. what you feel. Right. And uh, which is really a really helpful first step in helping people, right. you know, before Absolutely. you, um, before you go. So um, let's talk about that. Why is it like, why even talk about this topic? Um, why is it important? What's the payoff uh, if we get this right? Great. So I, I do think for us as leaders um, in business and or in ministry, I think the pace is just fast in, in what we do. We want to churn out things. We want results. We're a results oriented culture and empathy really slows us down. Yeah. It helps um, it helps us validate people. It helps us bridge um, just connections with others and, and really gives us the opportunity to really understand where people are and where they're hurting and or and really even when they're experiencing victories, too. Yeah. Tell me, tell me about that real quick. So I think that it's emotion. It's a, connecting with their emotions. So even I mean, at a wedding. You know, it, you're you're connecting. I mean, they're at some one of the happiest places in their life, you know, when they're getting married. And so you are celebrating with them. You're experiencing yeah. those emotions with yes. them. Yeah, uh, that is something. I, it's so funny. We, I was thinking about this last night, getting ready for this podcast. And I thought um, one of the things that's not normally talked about with empathy is is also just feeling the highs, feeling yes. the winds, feeling the, yes. uh, this is amazing. This is the most amazing thing that ever happened to me. And, uh, you know, would you, would you kind of feel this with me and be excited uh, for me? That's normally not talked about when anytime I've heard someone talk about empathy, that's never talked about that way. But I think, I think that's right. Um, so yeah, it, it is, um, it, it does help us slow down to uh, express empathy, to show empathy uh, by necessity. We are going to have to slow down. We're going to have to be present mm-hmm. and uh, boy, it really is a gift. Mm-hmm. Uh, to give people. So if that's, you know, uh, boy, empathy is so great. Everyone mm-hmm. wants to be felt. Why do we not do it? Or like, what, why, why are people skittish about it? Do you have any thoughts around that? Yeah, I think, I think sometimes we can feel like that we enable people, yeah. you know, in, in different settings, whether it be a leadership setting. I mean, we want people to perform. And so we can feel like if, if they're going through a rough day or a rough season or whatever, and we express empathy, we're like, oh, are we letting them get away with things? Are we enabling that behavior? So I think there's some fear there as a leader. I think for us, I, I think we're fixers too. We can fix, want to fix people. And so there's a danger there um, if, if we talk and listen that we're, you know, trying to fix their behavior and we don't want to be fixers. And so sometimes we just don't say anything or really um, let go of just the being ministry of presence too. Um, And it doesn't make things go away and we want things, we don't want people to experience pain. And I think we're hesitant about really being present in pain. And so when we can't make things go away and we can't transform them, I think we, we just kind of give up or we... Let someone else do it, maybe. Yeah, or it makes us really uncomfortable, and we just right. kind of head them off at the past. Right. Like, let's talk about, right. let's or maybe talk try about to control sports. it. <laughs> yeah, let's. Uh, that's right, and uh, it's way easier uh, if you know a pithy piece of advice or a Bible mm. verse to, to mm-hmm. kind of roll that out right, right. there and, and uh, kind of short circuit um, that, that process. That's right, and I, I do think in some ways leaders are at a bit of a disadvantage mm-hmm. around this, honestly, because mm-hmm. I think what happens is that you kind of develop pattern recognition, right? And so when I sit with people, um, some sometimes. 
time on my team or they've got a problem uh, professionally or personally, um, just because I'm getting older, I've, there's a good chance I've seen it before. Right. And I know how the story ends and I know what you should do. Right. As soon as you quit talking, I can tell you what you should do mm-hmm. and we can be done with this whole transaction. Right. And because I've kind of kind of seen this before, um, that puts you at a disadvantage right. um, when you kind of have seen at least before you've seen mm-hmm. some ends of the story that might may or may not be uh, similar. And as, as a leader, you have to remember these people are experiencing it for the very right. first time. Right. right. They've not seen this right 10 times. Yeah. They've seen that the first and they, they feel it. Right. And um, they really don't care how many times you've seen it right. unless they ask you. Uh, they just want you to um, to feel that with them. And and, um, and I think not give them initially oftentimes uh, advice. And so, you know, one of the, the famous kind of metaphors to talk about empathy is if someone, you know, is uh, they're down or they're discouraged, they're in a bit of a pit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, oftentimes as, as leaders, we're really good about giving a three point action plan to get <laughs> right. out of the pit and look right. down like, guys, what are you doing in the pit? You know, right. you've got a choice. Here are the three things you should do. Get out of the pit. Right. And uh, empathy is hopping down to the pit. Right. So, man, I'm, I, I, uh, this is terrible mm-hmm. uh, what you feel mm-hmm. uh, down here. And I'm really, really sorry. Um, how can I show up? How can I help you? And that's mm-hmm. what empathy is. And then yeah. you know, maybe we can we can climb out of this pit uh, together, uh, but not just blasting them with your uh, your amazing three point plan uh, for their life, which I, I'm prone to do. And this is my this is a real growth area uh, for me. So I appreciated your thoughts when you talked; they were helpful, and it's something I'm trying to uh, really really grow in. Um, biblically, like where do you where do you find empathy? What's your go-to verse uh, well, story? Yeah, I love um, John 11. Yeah. So when Lazarus died and um, Jesus wept with his sisters and the townspeople that were there mourning his loss. And it's just such a beautiful picture of Jesus entering into people's lives and the sorrow that Martha and Mary were feeling, yeah. even though he knew yeah. that he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. Yeah. And it's just crazy. I mean, for for our, you know, the greatest example that we have of how to follow God is is Christ and his time on earth for him to be able to slow down enough and not fix the situation immediately and to be be able to empathize with the people that were hurting. It's just a beautiful picture of empathy. Yeah. It's, uh, I, yeah, I, I love, we were talking about this before we hit record, how he's there in the moment. He knows exactly what he's about to do. He's about mm-hmm. to fix it. Mm-hmm. But his first move when he shows up is to weep. Right, right. And he feels what they feel. Right. And then and then he fixes it. And he right. d- does the kind of the, the God thing that right. then only <laughs> he can do. We can't. Uh, we can, but we can we can do our, our best uh, uh, to fix and to help or to you know uh, walk walk a plan through. Um, but he just stops for mm-hmm. a minute and mm-hmm. feels. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, that is the fact that the God of the universe mm-hmm. wept, not mm-hmm. because he was scared, right? not because he was uncertain, right. not because he didn't know, you know, he didn't have faith. Right. I mean, he just, he hurt with, mm-hmm. not for, he mm-hmm. hurt with mm-hmm. uh, his friends. And it's just, uh, you know, as always, if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough, yeah, it's good uh, enough, it's good for, enough for us, us right? <laughs> That's the way he led to, to lead uh, like him. It's a rabbit trail, Mandy. Who in your life expresses empathy the best to you? Well, for me, it's my husband. Wow. And um, still Leonard. And and he, he, I mean, you know, when you have been broken before the Lord and really have experienced the highs and the lows that um, we experience as my, you know, we're in our 
mid to upper 50s, and we've experienced a lot of life. Both of us have. I think you can give that empathy. Talks about that in Second Corinthians, you yeah. know, comfort those with the comfort you've been given. Yeah. And he's experienced that, and he is quick to um, really understand me, listen to my um, discouragement or um, just discontentment, and really enter in the, into that with me, to pray with me, to um, just sit with me in it. Yeah. That is a gift of getting old that you've, uh, you've been knocked around so many times, you <laughs> know, by life, not, yep. you know, forget yep. people, but just life yep. is just, and, uh, when, when people experience hardship, you don't tend to, uh, rush to the three point plan right. and uh, here's the Bible right. verse that will fix it all. He's <laughs> like, man, I, you know, you don't have to tell them you've been there, but just the fact that you have been there gives them, gives you the ability to show up and just listen. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's interesting at, uh, probably not what people, obviously I would say my wife would be number mm-hmm. one, but since you already Tip to the spouse, uh, the, the spouse category. Um, and it was, which it's a husband, it's a male. That's interesting. But I'll give you uh, number two for me is my brother actually. Mm. So two, mm-hmm. two guys, um, or, um, the tide's turning apparently, but, um, he, it's amazing when mm-hmm. I, when I call him, there's nothing that I feel like I can't mm-hmm. tell him. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing, there's, you know, no sense of like shame that I could feel that I couldn't share, uh, with my brother, mm-hmm. which is really, I mean, how rare is that? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it's really, super I mean, important. I, uh, name any, you know, you'd be hard pressed to find two, two men who are brothers and that's the nature of the relationship. But I did a little, you know, if I did something, uh, really, really dumb mm-hmm. and I feel uh, shameful about it, he's, he's one of my first calls, mm-hmm. uh, next to my wife, he would be uh, call number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm, uh, if I, you know, I, I can't really see things through and I've, I feel angsty about it. You know, mm-hmm. if that ever pops up, anything like that, he's actually my first call. Mm. And in thinking about like, why, why is that? I mean, he's just, he's super wise uh, and godly. That would be point one. But point two is he, his first move always, always, uh, let's say I did something really, really stupid and I've got just lots of shame around it. Um, rather than Why'd you do that? Mm-hmm. I mean, let's, let's, let's get to what was your trigger? How'd that happen? Or what was the path? What was going on in your head and heart? What's the idol, mm-hmm. right? We might get mm-hmm. there, but almost always his first, his first response is, man, I'm so sorry. Oh mm-hmm. man, that, that sounds terrible. Mm-hmm. Like truly that's, mm-hmm. you know, uh, he's a, he's a great pastor and then we can kind of work it through from there. Mm-hmm. But I think it's that some of that first move, some of that first expressions of empathy mm-hmm. that makes me want to run, not hide, uh, mm-hmm. from my brother, you know, I just run right, uh, right towards him. It's like, dad, I, I did something really, really dumb. You're my first call, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And, um, and so I, I think that's the kind of, if, as a leader, um, it's a, it's a great question. If someone did something really dumb, mm-hmm. you know, that they're ashamed of, would they tell you? Yeah. It's a great question for a leader. Would, would they tell you through. or would they be, would they be scared yeah. uh, to tell you? And, uh, that probably is a, pretty good gauge. And you can, you can ask that, mm-hmm. you know, Hey, if you did, did something really dumb or if there was something really, really hurtful, mm-hmm. uh, would you let me know? Or would you be scared of the way that, um, that I would respond yeah. uh, to that? So, um, okay. Let's talk about, uh, maybe what it looks like, like what does empathy look like in action? Mm-hmm. And so let's, you know, I think there's a couple ways we can go with this. One is just kind of the individual person. Uh, you're at the proverbial coffee shop and they're telling you the story. How mm-hmm. do you show up there? And then also just organizationally, like what would it look mm-hmm. like to work in an organization, lead in an organization where there's high levels of empathy? So let's mm-hmm. talk about that first person. I think we've got kind of three, I think, really good uh, tools, really good um, mm-hmm. ways to think about this. And I'd encourage you as a leader to kind of think about these, add to them, combine them, um, mm-hmm. find something 
for yourself that works. Um, but you've got a great metaphor. And I, I, I want to lead with this one, uh, that of a picture frame. Mm-hmm. So explain how a picture frame could uh, could relate to empathy. Yeah. Um, so if you take a blank piece of paper and you just draw a square um, inside that blank piece of paper and you think about the person and you put them inside that square. And so around the frame, and I just call it a picture frame, you, you write their experience, what their life, what's going on in their life, what you know about what's going on in their life. And so you take into consideration what's going on in their life as you love them in an empathetic way. Rather than fixing what's going on in their life, you listen to what's yeah. going on in their yeah. life and you and you just sit in it with them. So yeah. your ministry of presence, your validating feelings, um, it's that you're in the framework of their lives, you're listening, you're validating, and so you're experiencing the emotion with them. I was with a friend um, who actually is a leader with me in the ministry of reengage. And she was sharing with me that something pretty significant happened in their group last year. And she began to cry. And I, and the Lord was gracious enough that I slowed our conversation way down and just sat with her in the midst of her tears and was able for her to cry, to experience the emotion and to really understand what it felt like for her. And I just said, you know, to her, wow, that must have been really difficult in your group for that significant a thing to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The picture frame, Mm -hmm. go back there. What would you... Um, what would you fill in? So you're, I'm, I'm sitting there. It's, it's, mm-hmm. all, it's a metaphor, mm-hmm. but I'm talking to my friend and I imagine kind of this piece of paper uh, around the edges. What type of things would I put in that picture frame there uh, to fill that out, to understand uh, who, who that person in the middle is? Well, that's that's really great. So so specifically, you know, you can you can their their marriage. If you're talking to someone who's married, you can talk about their marriage. Do they have a marriage that you know, is healthy and, um, or do they have a marriage that's really struggling? So that can go on that picture. Are they a believer or not? Have they trusted Christ or not? And so that can go on the picture frame. Um, their, their kids, do they have any prodigals that their kids are? Are there kids that have good relationships with their kids? What kind of things have happened in their past? You know, were they from a divorced family? Were they from an alcoholic family, et cetera? Anything like that. So in, are they working or not? So um, anything like that emotionally that really gives you an understanding for where they are yeah. and and could really, um, for them, affect how they're feeling about things. Yeah, well, that was a really, really good metaphor. The first time you explained that uh, to the staff, uh, I thought that's really, really helpful. You know, and you talked about how when you do that, then you go, I, I get it. Yep. Like, I, I get, you know, yep. you're, you're there inside that frame. This is how you feel. Like, yep. I get that. That yep. makes sense to me. Uh, you know, and you can, um, uh, you can begin to move towards them right. uh, in whatever way is appropriate, fully understanding, fully feeling them by understanding all the circumstances that are going on, not just this one thing. Right. Um, we tend to just kind of want to latch onto that and fix that. If, mm-hmm. it, if they're hurting, make them stop hurting. If they're thinking incorrectly, make them stop thinking incorrectly. And it's really helpful to know how, how they got there mm-hmm. and, and the kind of the present circumstance that they uh, are in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, thought, I, just, I thought that was so, so helpful. Um, so, and I've seen you do that, uh, by the way. So we, I, we should have led with this. We should have uh, the, the nature of our working relationship. So uh, Mandy and I, who are in charge of all the marriages uh, for that hot minute uh, right there in Watermark's history. And uh, so I was probably 28, 29. I don't know how you, know, you old you were. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so- any, yeah, <laughs> Just slightly. And, uh, and we would just sit, we would just sit with 
with people mm. and uh, I, well, I sure you, you actually had, had training and you were good at it and I had no idea what I was doing. I felt like sometimes like, what am I doing? And I would just watch you oftentimes just ask questions and just listen and, um, and just enter into, you know, enter into the people's story and you, and in many respects, now that I think about it, you were filling out that picture frame. I don't know if you had that metaphor then. Mm-hmm. Um, but I watched you do that and I watched you help uh, a lot of people. There's a lot of people here at this church that are married, uh, that are doing well, they're leading. Um, they've had great, uh, great lives, mm-hmm. you know, 20 plus years mm-hmm. because, uh, and one of the reasons, I mean, obviously it's God and a whole host of other reasons, but because, uh, I was in the room when you were listening. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I've got names mm-hmm. and faces uh, mm-hmm. to that. So a mm-hmm. uh, picture frame, I think is a great uh, metaphor. Try that out when you're listening to someone, when you're talking to somebody, uh, one for me, this is, this is what's proven to be really, really helpful is to imagine, um, a bit of an extension cord. So mm-hmm. if you think about a, you know, um, a traditional, you know, I don't know what all extension cords are, you know, bright orange in my garage. And so you've got this bright orange and probably a 220 extension cord would be best. It's a big plug on both sides. Uh, when I'm talking to someone, I imagine plugging one end into to my heart and then one end into theirs. Mm-hmm. And so the exercise for me is not just to, not just to hear them, but actually like feel as mm-hmm. they're sharing mm-hmm. um, that, that story uh, as opposed to just you know, uh, listening to the facts mm-hmm. and going, man, let's, let's deal with mm-hmm. uh, what is, or let's game plan, uh, just to slow down, be present mm-hmm. and to feel, uh, feel what they feel that has proven to be incredibly mm-hmm. helpful to me. And so then when I enter into someone's story and I give them advice, professional in the workplace or just, uh, personally, the, the reception is so completely different mm-hmm. than, Hey, thanks for sharing. Here's what you should do. And uh, it's so much so that my, you know, it's now a metaphor in our family and, um, it was, it's been a little bit uh, ago, but I was sitting at a table with one of our kids listening. My kid uh, had the back turned uh, to the kitchen where Pam was and I'm listening and Pam walks by, you know, you can't see this on a podcast, but she, as if she was taking a, uh, you know, a, a male plug of an extension cord and like she taps her chest as if like you big boy, like take, like plug into your child here and don't just, uh, don't just, you know, give them, um, three points of advice here. And I, <laughs> I nodded and, and, and smiled and, and tried just to, to listen and enter in. So that's been really helpful to me. I'd encourage you to try the picture frame, try that. Um, the, the third one, um, I would say that, that's, that can be helpful as well is to imagine that you're sitting with someone and you're now going to write a story mm-hmm. after the fact. So you're listening. So imagine a reporter asking questions and they, a really lousy story and a very uninteresting story is just the facts mm-hmm. about someone like it just it's just not it's mm-hmm. not interesting but to to hear a story about what someone thinks mm-hmm. and what someone feels mm-hmm. that's really interesting but you'd have to know that in mm-hmm. order to write that so i think you know imagine or you could actually take notes but uh, imagine that you're on the hook after this conversation mm-hmm. to write a story about mm-hmm. this person what they're going mm-hmm. through how how it feels to be them what they are thinking uh, and that will make you listen um, in a very very different mm-hmm. way so mm-hmm. um the picture frame um, you know, kind of extension cord, uh, and, um, you know, writing a story, being a reporter, mm-hmm. I, I would encourage you as a leader to try those three on to help give those to others, uh, combine those, come up with something else that would just help you, uh, plug in and express, uh, empathy. So any other thoughts on that? Just kind of individually uh, listening? No, I think that's excellent. Yeah. Okay. What are, um, how about this before we go to kind of the broader things, what are, um, what are some mistakes you can mm-hmm. make? Uh, what's, what's the, how about uh, phrases you should never say uh, when trying to uh, when trying to express empathy? So when someone shares a story to me and then I can say I can one up them. 
Yeah. Oh, well, oh, but this happened to me. You know, <laughs> you, think just, that, you think that was bad? <laughs> you think that was bad? Oh, wait, wait to hear what I have to say. You know, or or really just you know invalidating what they're saying. Yeah. You know. Uh, just you feel like it's minor and they shouldn't feel the way they feel. And so you just totally invalidate whatever they say. Yeah. So what's the key word uh, for there? If I'm going to invalidate you and say what your, your thing is minor, what would it be? You would shouldn't it, feel that way. You shouldn't feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also uh, at least. At least. You know, at least. And so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at least you still you have know, two legs just, if you lost one. <laughs> That's exactly right. You know, well, you still have one living yeah. grandparent. That's you know, right. you That's just right. have one kid. That's like, right. you know, at least, at least, at least. Yeah. Don't, you know, so if you're trying to uh, find things to scrub from your vocabulary, right. Right. Um, don't first, uh, sh- <laughs> it might be appropriate to share a story. Actually, probably oftentimes it is. It but there's connect. Yeah. Sure. But there's a way sometimes you go, man, I go, Quit your crying because let me tell you a story, right? That's the way your, your parents. Uh, no one effing. Right? No one effing. And uh, and don't ever start with at least. Right. Like whatever whatever comes after at least is probably not going to be <laughs> helpful uh, or an expression of empathy. So um, good. Watch those. Try those. Try those uh, other tools on. Mm-hmm. Scrub those from your vocabulary, and they'll give you a running start. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk about just kind of at a, at a macro level, yeah. uh, Mandy. Working in a, in an organization. You know, you and I are employees at Watermark. Um, what do you appreciate about this place? Mm-hmm. What's our growth areas? What does it look like um, to lead with empathy uh, up, down, and sideways yeah. in an organization? That's great. You know, I think for me, um, as a working mom, um, one of the things that I think is helpful is the thought about me and about um, for the leadership to think about me and to think about other women that are on staff and what the needs are. Like, for instance, um, I was sharing earlier that we got off um, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. And I've been on staff before, as you guys yeah. heard, a couple of times. And it's usually sometimes it's, you know, at noon. Sometimes you don't know. Maybe it's two, but for sure, Thursday and Friday. But a couple of weeks before Thanksgiving, the leadership just gave us Wednesday off, yeah. which was such a blessing um, just to be able to travel and to make plans, which women love to do, um, you know, and go see their relatives, which are in different states. Sometimes Thanksgiving is such a great time to go and take your kids because they're off. Most of the kids in this area are off the whole week of Thanksgiving. And so it was just a blessing to know that a couple of weeks before so we could make some plans. Yeah. So I think yeah, I think what you're saying is you've got <clears throat> traditionally in an organization, the guys at the top, the women at the top, they're older right. and they don't have little kids. Right. And you're right. You I'm know, older and have young kids. It's, I know so, it's an anomaly. Right. So, but generally, so I think just to, to, to connect that if, if someone didn't catch it, um, what you're saying is even though they didn't have little kids, mm-hmm. you know, and they may not have been uh, traveling so that, you know, being our elders or uh, senior staff, um, there was an expression of, but you know what? There are those who do. And I'm going to think about that. And I'm going to, I'm going to imagine what that would feel like if I were them. Right. Boy, I sure would want a head start mm-hmm. on all of this mm-hmm. uh, and not sit around waiting. Yeah, generally, it's some place uh, historically, that's right. The bell's <laughs> rung some some way. Uh, well, sometime, at, yeah, <laughs> you know, Wednesday, Wednesday, and everyone's sitting around going, "Please let me let me go. I've, I've got to get on the road, get to grandma's house." And it was like, you know what? If I were them, I just I'd want to wake up on Wednesday and go. And that's right. that's a great. It's it's small. Yes. it's really small. Yes, but that is emblematic of wherever you are in the org chart, you're thinking about uh, other people. I think another one is when you make decisions mm-hmm. that are going to impact other people. Mm-hmm. It's one of the things I appreciate you know, about the way generally we roll out decisions mm-hmm. here at Watermark. Generally, um, even if you don't consult mm-hmm. um, others that will be impacted uh, mm-hmm. about 
how you're going to make the decision, they're the first to know. Mm-hmm. And so that you don't walk into an all staff meeting mm-hmm. or sit in church and someone says, and we're making this change or we're moving this person and they find out about it right. first. Right. right. Well, Cause you would, you would hate that if that right. were you. Right. And, uh, you know, to understand what you would want if you were them, it would be to, to hear first mm-hmm. and even have a time to maybe even ask questions, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. not say this is what we're doing emphatically. Um, and, uh, just go execute the plan. Uh, you, you would hope if it was you that you, you could say, Hey, can I just ask a couple questions? How we yeah. got there? What were you, what were you thinking on this? Uh, sometimes it's appropriate. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes right. it's, you just need to, uh, do what's said. But, uh, I appreciate that generally all the stakeholders are, are kept uh, in mind mm-hmm. and we roll things out, mm-hmm. uh, sequentially. We've had a lot of change, a lot of yes. moving, you know, kind of mu- musical chairs today at staff meeting. It was a lot of move, you know, mm-hmm. and this person is now this, you know, this person's job and, and, um, the staff heard today, but people that were impacted heard, uh, I think, uh, before mm-hmm. and, uh, decisions were, were made in a, in a way that I think honored everyone. That's that, that's what empathy could look like. It could look like, um, just the people that you work closest with. Mm-hmm. You may not be able to do this for everybody in your organization or your, all your volunteers or things like that. Um, but just asking, how yep. are you yep. doing yep. and being quiet Yep. and letting them tell, tell you, and then asking follow-up mm-hmm. questions so that you can understand mm-hmm. what's really going on, uh, in, in their, uh, world. And, mm-hmm. and that, boy, that speaks volumes, mm-hmm. speaks volumes to the people. So here's one other thing, Mandy, I was thinking about. Um, organizationally around empathy is that I think a lot of times leaders don't want to receive mm-hmm. empathy. Mm-hmm. So everybody's a little bit hamstrung. They don't mm-hmm. have models of giving and receiving mm-hmm. empathy. And if you can receive it, you can probably also give it. Mm-hmm. And so leaders are always supposed to know what to do, uh, mm-hmm. have all their stuff together, mm-hmm. um, never make mistakes, never have bad days, those mm-hmm. kinds of things. And so then they don't get to a chance for any, everyone else that's close to them to express empathy. And it, it kind of really honestly hamstrings the organization. Right. And I think one of the, honestly, one of the ways you could help uh, the people you lead is to mm-hmm. allow them to express empathy to you yes. and just to receive it Yes. and not try to squirm and say for yourself, well, at least it's not this, right. you know, or we're, we're going to be okay. Uh, just to let someone sit with you and express that. And I think that we'll have this trickle down um, mm-hmm. kind of impact uh, in an organization. So I think especially today, that's that's the kind of place that people want to invest their their gifts in. That's yes. where they want to use their time and their yes. treasure and their talents. Yes. Is in an organization that's empathetic, that understands yes. and doesn't just bark out yes. uh, orders. Yes. Now I think that I think that's exactly right. And I think when when we as leaders can be empathetic, then you do see the trickle down through the different ministries that are different, you know, pieces of the organization that come from that are under your leadership and, and you see leaders and volunteer leaders being empathetic to the participants. And it, it really is a multiplication process. Mm-hmm. When we develop those relationships with those key leaders in different areas of ministry, then you see them being empathetic to the yep. participants in in their sphere of influence. Yeah, so how do you, how do, you do that with, uh, with your, so <clears throat> if people aren't clear on the re-engage model, it's a large group uh, meeting that uh, then goes to small groups that's right. facilitated by uh, lay leaders. And so right. a big part of re-engage is a, kind of this army of mm-hmm. uh, lay leaders that you are now uh, leading. So what does that look like for you uh, to, to show up to uh, express and right. model empathy uh, right. for people that you're you leading? Know, 
for us, you know, with our key leaders that are leading these smaller groups, so there's probably five couples in each group. So it's individual meetings and check-ins for me. We have um, an equipping time before our large group starts with our leaders, but it's also um, when I know they're hitting specific areas in the curriculum, I'm giving them a call and asking them how it's going. If they're going through forgiveness or they're going through conflict or whatever within that group, I want to know. I want to pray for them. I want to hear how they're are doing, and I want to hear how that experience is on them as well. Yeah. So it's really some some connection with them. I think is super important for us as leaders to connect with our leaders who we're giving the ministry away yeah. to. And I, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast, but in case I haven't, um, when I had you know you and Ryan's role when mm-hmm. I led Reengage, um, I noticed that people that. Uh, stuck around, had a personal connection to me, and those mm-hmm. who didn't re-up uh, right. year after year didn't really have a personal connection with me. Right. They, they hadn't sat with me. I hadn't heard their story. I hadn't really entered in. I'd given them a great opportunity to do ministry. I just didn't know them or connect with them mm-hmm. at any kind of emotional level. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't you know, plugged in or right. I didn't really know their frame. And they, they knew that. I knew that. And um, they thought, hey, you know, I'm not against this ministry. Love, right. love it. Actually, like and respect you, hopefully. But uh, no, this is not where I'm going to re-up. Uh, next year, I'm going to use my gifts somewhere else. Right. Right. And uh, so it, it does matter. It does it, matter. It does. Uh, it does matter. And so I hope I hope leaders uh, hear that. They you know will kind of begin to think about kind of the next step um, in their own leadership. Uh, create organizations. Create teams. Create um, churches that can express empathy, which I really do think is an expression of love. Yes. Uh, and it's something that Jesus modeled for us mm-hmm. and is part of a healthy church. Mm-hmm. Really, really is. And so is there a time to admonish? Is there a time to say, hey, you're in sin. You need to stop. Absolutely. And so we're not saying that. Uh, I would hate it if someone heard that. But oftentimes, I think our first move is to, to express empathy. Right. And uh, given where we are in the world mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. uh, people are hurting mm-hmm. and uh, and leaders, you need to show up um, in a way that is empathetic and then also allow other people mm-hmm. uh, to express empathy for you. I mean, I've got things in my life right now that are, that are less than optimal, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that are, you know, uh, under the category of like hard mm-hmm. uh, and Sometimes I don't want to, um, but I'm trying to let those, mm. you know, uh, closest to me know in uh, my ministry teams that hey, this is what I'm going through, yeah. and uh, and it's been a gift. Um, I think to um, to receive empathy and also just there's a connection there when mm-hmm. they uh, they feel probably closer to me um, when I when I'm honest and vulnerable, mm-hmm. and uh, and it I I hope uh, models for them that they would. Um, you know, give me the same opportunity right. to do that, you know, so you can't, you can't do that at scale and mass, mm-hmm. but whoever's in front of you, you know, I think right. about, it, well, they're in my ditch. Right. And so I will show up yep. and I will, I will express empathy or do the things that, uh, uh, that I need to do. So, um, any other parting thoughts? No, I think I just, you're, I love your encouragement to us as leaders in the church. It's a, it's a need right now. Yeah. And for us to be great empathizers in the way that we love others. Well, it was, it, it is a need. Um, and I'll, I'll end with this on the need. Mandy, that when you shared um, in staff meeting, when you shared uh, a lot of these same thoughts here, it was really interesting just how well they landed. Mm. You know, so we oftentimes, I would say probably every other time we're all together as a staff, someone will do some type of teaching, training, you know, uh, some some skills or something to think about or um, a, some, you know, kind of theology or something from the scripture. And, and um, when you shared, it, it was, there was 
pens and paper um, just on fire. You know, people took so many notes and there was something about uh, what happened in that room. I thought, boy, this is like, res- people care about mm-hmm. this. Yes. And, uh, and I think it's good for you to know uh, as a leader. So friend, it has been fun to do ministry with you, you know, and, uh, and we didn't just start working together. You actually met my wife in, uh, what year would that have been? 92? We think, yeah, we think early 90s. So you guys yeah. worked at camp together yeah. right next door. Manny was a consummate camp girl. And uh, I'll close with this. I, I think um, your superpower, what would you say your superpower is if you had one? Well, I love to listen to people. Yep, I love you're great to at listen that. to people. Yeah. I would say, I would say encouragement. And encouragement I don't know if, that, if that's no, a shirt. No, that's, that that that's like absolutely one, yeah. of the, one of my gifts is exhortation. For so sure. I've been on the receiving end of your encouragement lots. My wife sure has. And, uh, but one of my favorite memories was not in the workplace. And we were at the, um, the Dallas marathon. I wasn't running <laughs> and I was, uh, was cheering someone on. And so I'm, I'm probably two, three blocks away. And I just hear someone, you know, just, just yelling. And what, what's obvious is they're not yelling for one specific person, but literally every single runner that comes by, you know, uh, sometimes they had their name on it. Sometimes they didn't, if they didn't have their name, it was, you know, you could hear two, three blocks away, two way to go. Keep going. L- loud claps, loud cheers, you know, uh, Joe, you know, Cindy, go, 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 go. So proud of you. And as I got closer, I was like, I, <laughs> I know that voice. And sure enough, I come around the corner and yeah. there's Mandy. You probably were files. It was probably I your probably last was time. Files was at that, that time. Yep. And uh, you were just sitting there clapping. I don't know how long mm-hmm. you had been clapping and yelling, but you, uh, you kept it up the whole time we were there. Yep. I saw whoever it was that was yep. coming by. I cheered for them. I got back in my car and could hear you the whole time <laughs> as I went uh, back. And I just thought, man, I want to be more like Mandy. That's sweet. Uh, cheering those on that I know well. Yeah. And uh, just any, anybody that's in right. my path. And and uh, so thank you uh, for that. You've, you've modeled empathy mm-hmm. for me. You've taught me a lot and you've been a deep encouragement. I'm really grateful thank for you. you. Thanks, thank Fred. You. Thank you. My pleasure. Well, we hope this was helpful to you today in your leadership, uh, wherever you're leading, uh, wherever you're serving, wherever you're using your gifts. If you have any questions or any comments or any ideas for future episodes, you can always reach us at clp at watermark.org, clp at watermark.org. Until next time.